the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the daily show prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. Hello, everybody, and good Monday to you. Whoa, I am sorry. Okay, everybody, Dennis Prager here. And again. I hope you had a good weekend. The country is not having a good weekend. The world is not having a good weekend. And it's a dilemma. We have to somehow compartmentalize our life to have happiness. Because if you you only think about what the destruction being wrought on our country by people called progressives, leftists, environmentalists, the people who are trans activists. It's, it's astonishing. It's actually, it's a, a world that nobody expected. I have so much uh, to report to you on that. I'll tell you the uh, we are really in for hmm, some serious stuff. The The electrical grid cannot support the demands being made with the because of the environmentalists, the use of environment to crush society. That's what it is. That's all every leftist movement is. It is the use of a group to crush society. The, uh, the civil rights activists use black uh, black Americans to crush society. The feminists use women to crush society. The trans activists use trans people to crush society. The environmentalists use the environment to crush society. One day, people will realize it, and it will be too late because people refuse to realize it now. People prefer not to stare into the abyss, that's why I said all of my life, evil is not dark. Evil is so bright, you can't even stare at it. Somebody called me up and pointed out Lucifer is from light. So there, there you go. If, if that is meaningful to you, and it is quite a remarkable thing when you think about it. On Substack, Robert Bryce wrote... On May 4th, members of the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission delivered stark warnings to the members of the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee. Are you with me, folks? Again, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, FERC, delivered stark warnings to the members of the Senate Energy and Natural Resources Committee. Okay. The agency's acting chairman, Willie Phillips, told the senators, quote, 
we face unprecedented challenges to the reliability of our nation's electric system. Okay, that's very bad. That is very, very bad. It is completely because of Joe Biden and the Democrats. Completely. It is 100%. It has nothing to do with Putin. It has nothing to do with global warming, except that that is used as the excuse to destroy our economy. Now, why do these people want to destroy the economy? Because in chaos, they gain power. It is all about chaos. Do not raise your child to be a boy or a girl. There are Hollywood actresses who have announced that. They don't raise their child as a boy or a girl. If that is in child abuse, then the term should be eliminated. But that is another subject. It is all related, but it is another subject. You want intersectionality? I'll tell you where there's intersectionality on the left. All of these causes are to destroy Western civilization. If you don't understand that, then you don't understand the left. Tell me what they have not destroyed. Do you think Yale is what it was 25, 50, 100 years ago? Do you think the American Medical Association is? Tell me what you think is better. What institution has higher standards of excellence? I can't name one. We are in for quite a ride. What happens when you just don't get electric power? And do you understand the movement towards everything being electric, even your stove? That the movement from coal and natural gas, do you understand that we won't have enough electricity, let alone to power all cars? That was reported, I am shocked by the way, isn't this federal, isn't this part of the bureaucracy? Federal Energy Regulatory Commission? They told the truth? Pretty it's, stark. It's, it's not only stark, it's shocking. But they didn't lie. FERC Commissioner Mark Christie echoed Phillips' warning, saying the U.S. electric grid is, quote, heading for a very catastrophic situation in terms of reliability. By the way, was this reported in the New York Times? No. L.A. Times? Washington Post? CNN? MSNBC, NPR, PBS. Is it, was it reported by anybody? This, is, this should be banner headlines in the United States of America, my friends. We are heading for a very catastrophic situation in terms of reliability of the electric grid. This is the commissioner of the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. I wonder if he'll be fired. But you know what? A tree that fell in the forest and no one heard, it did make a noise, but it's irrelevant. I am reading a book now, which is probably stupid of me to read because it's very dark. It's about a remarkable Polish man uh, who, the volunteer I think it's called, and came out recently. It is about a Polish man who volunteered to be confined in Auschwitz, the gigantic Nazi death camp, concentration camp, in order to report to the world what is going on there. An amazing thing that he did this. One of these heroes that people don't know about. And he reported it. 
And the Brits and the Americans did nothing. Nothing. All he said, please bomb us. Just, just bomb us. We're, we're, we're totally happy to die. Don't worry about the prisoners. We're going to die anyway. And they did nothing. It's 1941 that I'm up to, and they're all, they've already started gassing Soviet uh, prisoners in the thousands. And they haven't started with the gassing of Jews yet. And the British, the Brits got the report through the Polish underground. And they said, oh, this is, uh, this is just exaggerations. And anyway, we, we certainly can't talk about Jews because people then won't, won't listen. The amount of anti-Semitism in the West was remarkable. And, we, you know, we have, we have other things to do. So uh, you have to understand, telling people the truth about bad news runs up against, and he said, and the author is a very fine author. The author points that out. People lived, he called it a twilight, between knowing facts and believing facts. Isn't that a good point? That's what we're living in, this twilight. I bring to you these facts of the left-wing destruction of, of the West, and yet most people, most people don't know about it. And even people who hear about it live in a twilight. Well, it's not that bad. Things will turn out okay. You have the Regulatory Commission on Energy, the commissioner, and the, and the uh, was it, the, the, who was the other guy? The acting chairman. So there's a chairman and a commissioner, okay? And uh, they're telling you there's going to be a catastrophic breakdown in the electrical grid. And nobody reports it. It's not the same as Auschwitz. But it's an example. People report, but no one hears it. A catastrophic breakdown in the electrical grid. Do you, do you have an idea what that will do? There is no more energy to do anything that relies on electricity. And it is all because of Joe Biden and the Democrats. And all your liberal, not leftist, all your liberal relatives will vote Democrat. Because they have no idea what I've just told you. Because they read the New York Times. So they have no idea of the damage. They don't even understand. They have no idea of the corruption of the Biden family. Because truth is not a left-wing value. And the New York Times is a left-wing newspaper. And so is every other major newspaper, except the Wall Street Journal. What was that? Would they even care if they did? Yeah, that's a question. All right, folks. Every day when I pass a mirror, I still can't believe it. It's me. I'm looking back at myself. I never thought I'd be this fit again, but 42 pounds ago... I decided to take control of my health, and with the help of my PhD weight loss and nutrition, I'm so glad I did. The program is simple. Dr. Ashley Lucas and her amazing team customize a plan for your body to make it simple. They even provide 80% of your food at no additional cost. They treat your entire person as one. Dr. Ashley believes that all change starts with the mind. 
She'll help you to change your behavior when it comes to food and think differently about food so you'll never gain the weight back. Give them a call right now at 864-644-1900 and they can answer all your questions. If I can do it, you can do it. So this is a great example of the world of destruction that we uh, that the left has planned for us, acknowledging it, and the electrical grid will not support America's power needs. You won't have heating if it's electrical. You won't have air conditioning. You won't be able to power your car if if you bought an electric car. This is what was an, announced in the Senate, and nobody's reported except this one I saw. Do me a favor. Do a, just do a a word search. New York Times, uh, Willie Phillips, W-I-L-L-I-E, two L's in Phillips. Uh, it's hard to believe that they didn't report this. Again, we are heading for a very catastrophic situation in terms of reliability. This is the commissioner of FERC, Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, to Senate under oath. I presume. His colleague, Commissioner James Danley, said that there is a, quote, looming reliability crisis in our electricity markets, all because of Joe Biden, our despicable president. I've never said that about a president in my 40 years of broadcasting. He's a despicable human being who is crushing this country deliberately. I don't know why because he's the tool of the left, because he really is a leftist. I don't know why, and I don't care, since I judge people by their behavior. The commissioners pointed to several factors for the reliability crisis, including numerous coal plants that are being retired prematurely. Uh, Who did that? The damn environmentalists these crackpots, these fanatics who will destroy the country in the name of saving it. (laughs) That's what they're doing. Oh, we're going to save you from global warming by destroying you first. Insufficient pipeline capacity to assure natural gas can be delivered to power plants. Who did that? Was the first thing that Joe Biden did when he came into office. Screw the Canadians, that's what he did. Even, even the, the State Department had signed off on a number of occasions for the safety of the pipeline. But the environmentalists don't want us to use natural gas. Insufficient high-voltage transmission capacity and distortions in the electricity market caused by massive federal subsidies for weather-dependent renewables. You hear that? Do you understand what that means? Distortions in the electricity market caused by massive federal subsidies for weather-dependent renewables. On the last point, Danley told the senators, FERC, Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, has allowed the markets to fall prey to the price-distorting and warping effects of subsidies this staggering hundreds of billions of dollars, is it trillions now, spent on on renewables, as they're called, utterly distorting the market. 
are subsidized. They're not. FERC has allowed the markets to fall prey to the price-distorting and warping effects of subsidies and public policies that have driven the advancement of large quantities of intermittent renewable resources onto the electric system. In his written testimony, Danley went further, saying, quote, Most of these market-distorting forces originate with subsidies. Yes, that's right. All because of the left. All, 100%. Although there are so-called conservatives who bought the apocalyptic line, destroy society in order to save it, like Boris Johnson in the UK. Most of these market-distorting forces originate with subsidies, both state and federal, and from public policies that are otherwise designed to promote the deployment of non-dispatchable wind and solar assets or to drive fossil fuel generators out of business as quickly as possible. Possible. That's right. That's what they're doing. If if massive sums of money go into X, then Y doesn't get it. Very simple. During questioning of the FERC commissioners, the chairman of the Senate ENR, I don't know what the ENR stands for. Uh, I do. Energy and Natural Resources Committee. Joe Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia, asked all of the commissioners a simple question. Can the electric grid as it exists today be reliable without coal-fired generation? All of the commissioners said no. Christie saying we need to keep coal for the foreseeable future. So you have a choice, my friends. Do you destroy the country now in the name of saving it by the end of the century from heat? Or do you save the country now? You vote Democrat, you're voting to ruin the country. It, it's, uh, it's as clear as anything. You can live in the state of denial by reading the New York Times and not knowing all of this. Just this alone, the destruction of our electrical grid, uh, should be enough for you not to vote Democrat, but it doesn't matter. You were taught when you were five years old that the Democrats are for the little guy and the Republicans are for the big guy, and you never thought twice about it. The num- you, you know, one of my books, one of my favorites is my book of essays, 40, 44 essays on 44 subjects. It's called Think a Second Time. That, that was my motto for many years, think a second time, but most people don't. Sex may not be fixed, but party really is. Born a Democrat, die a Democrat. End of issue. This, 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 uh, I hate to frighten you. I really do. And I spent most of my broadcast career poo-pooing fears. But this is, this is the real deal. Not global warming. This is the real deal. We won't have enough electrical power in a few years. All because of the environmentalist SOBs. Fanatics, crackpots, destroyers of everything precious. Yes, all right, Indianapolis, Jim, hello. Hey, good afternoon, Mr. Carter. appreciate you taking 
Oh, um, yes, sir. It's even worse than what you're making it sound. Um, I am in the electric utility industry, and this uh, goes from the top down, generation to distribution. Every level is a mess, uh, beginning with renewables, whatever the nameplate rating is. Say it's a 50 megawatt uh, farm field, uh, solar field. You'll only get five megawatts out of it. And that's when the sun is shining. So when the sun's not shining, you're going to zero. Uh, so it's 10% of the nameplate rating. Um, so when they shut down a 500 megawatt generating station and they replace it with 500 megawatts of wind, they're only getting 50 megawatts out of the system. As opposed to, what was it, 550? 500, if you have a 500 megawatt They get one-tenth the amount. Yes. Right, exactly. And He he talks about megawatts later, and and I will cover it, but I'm happy you noted it because you work in the industry. Uh, Well, then you have to distribute or transmit it. So all the transmission lines that now go from a coal-fired or natural gas-fired plant out cannot handle the current coming back in. So now they have to rebuild all of these transmission lines that are perfectly fine, and that cost is not built into the numbers that Mm. the left gives you and me. That's right. So there are literally trillions of dollars. I'm curious, do all of your colleagues know, know this? Oh, they all do. Every, we sit in the meetings when this is presented to us, and uh, you shake your head and are in disbelief, but we're not on the management side. We don't make these decisions. Who does? You know, those are the third and fourth floor kind of guys. Who's on the third and fourth floor? And, and of what? what is, it, is it a state commission? Who's, who does this? Well, it's all. I've been in on uh, state regulatory commission uh, phone calls where they've discussed this topic and uh, it's admitted that we don't know what the costs are for redoing the transmission. Right, right. That was the last thing you mentioned, the cost for the, for new lines. But, but what, Mm -hmm. what about the fact that it, it it produces one tenth of the energy? Well, how do they answer the question that we won't have an electrical grid that functions? Well, the theory behind everything right now is that you can buy your electric off the uh, mega grid. So in the Midwest, there's MISO, M-I-S-O, and any excess capacity at a generation station is put on the MISO circuits, and then the local utility purchases what they need. So if a local utility shuts down all their generation capacity, they buy it off the MISO grid. Um, What's MISO stand for? Midwest Independent. Uh, I forget uh-huh. what the two. Now, what, what if the MISO doesn't have enough electricity to sell? That's the problem. Yes, so, indeed. Okay, <laughs> that's the problem. That's a, thank you for calling. Wow. Suicide of the West. Just when you thought it couldn't get any better, Mike Lindell with My Pillow is launching the My Pillow 2.0. 
When Mike invented MyPillow, it had everything you could ever want in a pillow. Now, nearly 20 years later, he discovered a new technology that makes it even better. The MyPillow 2.0 has the patented adjustable fill of the original MyPillow, and now with a brand new fabric that is made with a temperature-regulating thread. The MyPillow 2.0 is the softest, smoothest, and coolest pillow you'll ever own. For my listeners, the MyPillow 2.0 is buy one, get one free offer with promo code Prager. MyPillow 2.0 temperature regulating technology is 100% made in the USA and comes with a 10-year warranty and a 60-day money-back guarantee. Just go to MyPillow.com and click on the radio listeners square to the buy one, get one free offer. Enter promo code Prager or call 800-761-6302 to get your MyPillow 2.0 now. Hello, everybody. I hope you had a good weekend. Welcome to the Dennis Prager Show. Last hour, I spoke about the Federal Energy Resources Management Agency, in other words, the the people in the federal government in charge of our power, saying that we're headed to catastrophe because we don't have an electrical grid that will support our power because of the movement to non-fossil away from coal, away from natural gas, etc. Not reported in any major news source that I could find. Testimony in the U.S. Senate by the heads of FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. Here's a new, a new motto for you to remember. Destroy the country, save the planet. Actually, destroy the West, destroy the world. Third world countries would like to be able to economically grow the way the West did, but you can't do it without fossil fuel power. You can't do it on electricity from solar and wind. You can't. The President of the United States the only president I've ever described as personally and presidentially despicable, gave a despicable speech at Howard University. He's a hate monger, a hate monger in chief. So I have some excerpts. Spoke at Howard University and I thought you'd want to hear some of the excerpts. The first excerpt is is not a hate, uh, hate-filled thing, but I, I, I'm very curious what it means, and you may say it doesn't matter, and you may be right, you may truly be right, but I'm playing it for you just because I'm curious about the mindset that would say that. You'll see what I mean. Number one, please. Graduates, before I begin, It's mentioned many times, tomorrow's Mother's Day. Stand for your mothers and grandmothers. Stand and thank them. Where I come from, mom's rule. Okay, so this is interesting. You may, again, all of you may think it was not 
worthy of my noting that line, but I want to comment on it anyway. This is this is an all black college, correct? Howard University, right? So, whether it was a black college or a mixed race college, I wonder. Number one, if he had spoken a day before Father's Day, would he say, "Let's all stand up for our fathers and grandfathers"? Do you think he would have? Don't know. Is it a fair question? It is a fair question. I'd love to know what what you would bet on, you listening. Would he have said a day before Father's Day, stand up for your fathers? Right, I'm getting to that. Sean, that was very annoying because I'm getting to it. And he's laughing. It's unbelievable. I insult him, criticize him, demean him, and he cracks up. I guess it's because he knows I, I'm okay with him. But anyway, I'll tell you what he said in a moment. I think it's a worthy question. It's one of the reasons that I did this. Now, if this is an all-black audience, which it is of young people, how many of them have a father in their life? They all have a father, biologically speaking, by definition, but how many have a father in their lives? I have no idea. I can only tell you that between 70 and 80% of, of black children in America are born to a mother who is not married to the father. Vast numbers of young blacks do not have a father in their life. This is increasing in Hispanic life and increasing in white life as well. So it, it, it's interesting that he could do that because it's moms. Secondly, and it's actually all of that notwithstanding, the reason I actually played this for you is the line where I come from mom's rule. So I'm going to ask the two of you, what does it mean where I come from? I'm not, I'm not even saying this critically. I don't understand what he's referring to. In Scranton, Pennsylvania... In Scranton, Pennsylvania, moms rule? Really? Do they rule in Buffalo, New York? Do they rule in Evanston, Illinois? I'm not being cute. I just, I, I try not to use throwaway lines that mean nothing. And I would hope the President of the United States, so I don't understand where I come from. Did it, was it true in his house? Did his mother rule the house? You think so? That's oh, what he's saying. Well, that's what he's saying. You're right. I I will say this. Where I come from, moms don't rule. Neither do fathers. They they both rule. I, I, in, in, in my house, they both rule the house. Some things my father's rule, my father rule. They didn't they didn't sit down with a contract, I'll take care of this, you take care of this. But I it, it, it would be absurd for me to say my mother ruled the house. I don't even know what that means. I literally don't know what that means. I'm curious. Go back to your mindset when you were 14. Okay, I'm asking you, Alan. And if I'd have said to you, an adult came to you and said, Hey, Alan, who rules your house, mom or dad? 
Do you know what you would have said? I don't know what I would have said. I I, I assume dad, but I'm not I'm not certain. What about you? You wouldn't have known what to say. Right, but certainly not mom's rule. Exactly. And what was your comment, Sean? Oh, yeah. That's that's right. If this were before Father's Day, the day before Father's Day, he wouldn't say, where I come from, dad's rule. that interesting? That is not allowable by the left. And the left controls every college, virtually every college. So you couldn't say dad's rule. Yep, there was a program in the 60s, was it? Father Knows Best? Was that when, when Father Knows Best was, was a popular show? Father Knows Best. Do you realize the sea, the sea change in, in, in America, that it was a popular program, Father Knows Best? I can't think of a more loathsome to the left phrase than Father Knows Best. It began on the radio in 1949, and then when did it migrate to television? You know what? Find, do me a favor. Find the uh, theme and play it when you get it. All right. So find the television theme, and if it has the words Father Knows Best, it'd be worth playing. So you'll understand uh, how the baby boomer grew up in an entirely different America. It might has it might as well have been medieval Croatia. How different America was seventy five years ago. Father knows best, and here's the president of the United States saying, "Where I come from, mom's rule." By the way, is that a good thing? Is it? it is this the thing? All right, let's hear it. Robert Young and Jane White with Eleanor Donahue, Billy Gray, and Lauren Chapin in Father Knows Best. What year is that from? 55. Father Knows Best. Is it is it a, is it a, a good development that mother's rule, mom's rule? It's a worthy question, no. That's why I've spent so much time on this. It's, it, the whole thing is fascinating, and please understand, there would be no equivalence had he spoken the day before Father's Day. He's lucky. Mother's Day precedes Father's Day. By the way, I hope you had a, a good Mother's Day. I really do. Mother's Day and Father's Day. Wow. That's quaint. Back in a moment. So, all right, I played for you the uh, where I'm from, Mom's Rule. By the way, I, I just want to say as well, it's so like so much else of the left, it's actually demeaning of women. That, that's another thing. Mom's rule. 
It's just it's it's a a way to placate women, to show that you're you're woke and, and you're with it. There's like too much respect to men to say where I come from, dad's rule. Because there's a, an inherent respect for men that these people have. Okay, let's go to number two. When it comes to race in America, hope doesn't travel alone. It's shadowed by fear, by violence, and by hate. He's just a hate monger. That's all he is. He's an all-black audience. You know what I would tell an all-black audience? If we lived in the opposite of the country we live in now and, and I were invited to give the graduation speech at Howard University, among other things, I would tell them the subject of my column that comes out tomorrow. There's a law in Deuteronomy, the fifth book of the Bible. The first five books have all the laws, really the second, third, fourth, and fifth. Very few in Genesis. Anyway, there's a law, which is unbelievable when you think about it. You may not hate the Egyptian. They had just come out of hundreds of years of slavery. Boys were thrown into the Nile and drowned when they were born. And Moses is telling them in God's name, you are not allowed to hate the Egyptian. So I would say, you know what? If the Bible could speak to you directly today, it would say, don't hate the white. But Joe Biden and every elected Democrat I know of foments hatred of whites in this country. Every college does, every major corporation. All whites are racist. It's pure, undiluted race hatred. That's all, and a lie. It's, of course, a gigantic lie. It's true about the white who says it, but it's not true about all whites. Wow. When it comes to race in America, hope doesn't travel alone. It's shadowed by fear, violence, and by hate. Really? What is the violence against blacks in this country by whites? By the way, it's incomparably less than the violence of blacks against whites. But the left lives in the world of the lie, repeated by all the mainstream media and all the colleges. It is the world of the lie. There's never been an exception wherever the left has gained control. Lying is the official policy because dissent is suppressed. Whether it's about vaccine, vaccine mandates, or about race, or about collusion, etc., etc. What what a statement to make. The pandering, the demagoguery to an all-black audience is, is contemptible. Number three. Accompanied by Klansmen and white supremacists, emerging from dark rooms and remote fields, and the anonymity of the internet, confronting decent Americans of all backgrounds, standing in their way. 
into the bright light of day. And a young woman objecting to their presence was killed. What did you hear? That famous quote when asked about what happened. The famous quote, there are very fine people on both sides. That, uh, that was a lie. And it was just to pander to a black audience and make sure they stay voting Democrat. That is the interest of the Democrats. They, they will foment and do foment hatred, racial hatred, in order to keep blacks voting Democrat. It's a lie. You should see the PragerU video. Uh, given by Steve Cortez, Steve Cortez who was at the time actually with CNN. Steve Cortez dissected the lie on a PragerU video. The president was not referring to Nazis when he said there were fine people on both sides. It's just a lie. And Biden, who lies with the ease with which you breathe, lied again. But it doesn't matter if we can keep blacks hating Republicans, we win. That's what his speech was about. Number four. But on the best days, enough of us have the guts and the hearts to stand up for the best in us. To choose love over hate, unity over disunion, progress over retreat. Stand up against the poison of white supremacy, as I did my inaugural address to a single out as the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. Right. Another lie. Another lie. Single greatest terrorist threat to the country. Any of you know a white supremacist, by the way? I don't. Amazing I haven't met one. Amazing none of them write to me. You'd think, with all the dog whistles we're accused of on talk radio. This was pointed out by Julie Hartman when she looked through my mail for days. said, you know, there wasn't one racist piece of email. You know how much I admire courage. No good is ever accomplished without courage. I have known this pastor, this theologian, Christian Erwin Lutzer for years. I had the honor of speaking at his church in Chicago many years ago. I had him on the show for his book, which is very courageous. I always said the the example of courage that is most important is can you criticize your own? He wrote a book years ago called Hitler's Cross, how the cross was used to promote the Nazi agenda. This is a, a Christian, this is a religious man who is preoccupied with good and evil. And so he's a kindred spirit. I'm a Jew, he's a Christian, and we're kindred spirits. His latest book is No Reason to Hide, Standing for Christ in a Collapsing Culture. And even if you're not Christian, it doesn't matter. Because the battle is ultimately a religious b- battle in the final analysis. Erwin Lutzer! Great to see you and have you back on my show. 
Thanks, Dennis, and it's so great to be with you. And I want to tell your audience two things. First, I became acquainted with you when 20 years ago or so, someone gave me an article that uh, written by you showing that good and evil and the your view of human nature determines whether you're going to be a conservative or a leftist. And I read that and I said, that's absolutely right on. Mm -hmm. Unless you have a biblical view Mm -hmm. regarding such things as human nature, you're always going to be drifting toward leftism if you think that people are basically good. And then when you were at Moody Church, you made a prediction that I thought was somewhat crazy. I thought that maybe there was a fringe of people. And they, you said that in Europe now, they at that time were trying to obliterate the distinction between men and women. And I thought, well, this is some kind of a fringe group. Nobody's going to accept this. But here we are with this cultural stream of transgenderism, which is destroying our children. It's destroying everything that is masculine and feminine and we're supposed to get on board. And unless we're willing to stand against this and pay the price, I don't know where this is going to lead. Well, thank you for noting that. And uh, it was it was a great evening at your church. I'll never forget it. So I have pointed out repeatedly, and I love your, your take on this because I, I have a strong sense, you're, again, kindred spirit, I point out to people regularly that only secular people say men give birth. I don't know a religious Christian or Jew who says men give birth. Now, not every secular person says it, but everyone who says it is not religious. Why isn't that dispositive? (laughs) Why doesn't that make the case for a a, a Bible-based view of the world? Well, the simple point is that when you read the Bible, you discover that God created them male and female. And this, of course, is confirmed by biology. But Dennis, you and I know that we are living at a time when absurdity is no longer an argument against anything. So no matter how absurd it is, I want to throw this in. You remember in George Orwell's book, 1984, where Winston is taken into a room and he is taught that two plus two is sometimes equal to five, sometimes it's equal to three, and sometimes it is both. And of course, he struggles with it. He's taken to the ministry of love and indoctrinated. And the most chilling thing is the book ends with uh, the phrase that he ended up loving Big Brother. Now, I've thought about that, and I'm sure you have too. Here's my take. Nobody can believe that two plus two is equal to five. But in our society, we are taught to live by lies. And we're supposed to be comfortable living by lies. And so that's what happens in transgenderism. Everybody knows that men can't have babies too, or that a woman can impregnate uh, a... uh, another woman or whatever, all the confusion of the sexuality. Everybody knows that. And yet we're expected to join in on the lies. And we're reminded of Solzhenitsyn's last speech when he told the Russian people, don't live by lies. But here we are, we're living with lies. 
When we come back, I'm going to ask you a $64,000 question. The book I, I cited earlier, you were, you were very critical of the churches in Germany in the Nazi era. So I'm going to ask you what you think of the moral record of the churches in America in this era. The book, No Reason to Hide, Erwin Lutzer, major Christian theologian, and it is up at DennisPrager.com. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here with a very prominent pastor, Pastor Emeritus of the Moody Church in Chicago. Served as the senior pastor for 36 years. And his books are important. Eric Metaxas wrote a glowing Review of the book that we're discussing now, his latest, No Reason to Hide, Standing for Christ in a Collapsing Culture. And I remind you that even if you're not Christian, the, the, the point is, if you, if you actually, I'm, I, I'll ask Erwin Lutzer if this is permissible, if, if I, could you have written this, the exact same book with the subtitle, Standing for the Bible in a Collapsing Culture? think so. Absolutely. Of course, you know that uh, because you're a Jew and I'm a Christian, I would include the New Testament as part of the Bible. But uh, yeah, because unless we get back to a view of God as creator, and unless we see that morality is ultimately rooted in God, free-floating reason cannot come to any legitimate conclusions regarding matters of morality and so forth. The Bible sets forth a view of human nature that can be proven so easily by simply watching the news every day. And that is that that's why we need redemption. We need to deal with issues of sin and the like. So yes, I could have written the book entitled Standing for the Bible in a Collapsing Culture. The only reason, Erwin, the only reason that I I said it that way, by the way, I I call the pastor Erwin because we know each other for so many years. Normally I'd say pastor. I I still believe in titles, but we're we're friends aside from all all else. And the only reason I I asked you that question is I want non-Christians to understand the relevance of your book. So I want to broaden the base from to beyond the Christian world. So I asked you beforehand, since you wrote this, really a, a cry from the heart about the failure of the German churches in the Nazi era, what's your scorecard on American churches today? 
Yes, the title of the book that you're referring to is Hitler's Cross. Now, let's talk about the church in America. In a sense, Dennis, the church has always struggled with its relationship to culture and its relationship to politics. And there are no easy answers, but let's look at the church in Germany. The church in Germany was um, uh, bedeviled by Hitler's successes. He, of course, revived the economy. And uh, there had been soup lines in Munich and other cities. And now Hitler comes along and he shows that Germany can become great. And in the process, the church was so enamored by the uh, financial successes, etc., that it really lost the gospel. As a matter of fact, it really surrendered to the culture, to its great uh, detriment, of course. And as a result, when Hitler began to speak against the Jews, the church was paralyzed, and eventually a lot of churches went along with Hitler's agenda. Now, churches took the swastika and they put it on their door. What were they doing? They were saying, when you come for the Christians, don't come for us because we are on your side. So the church in America today, it wants to be so woke, it wants to be so submissive to the culture that it wants people to believe that um, indeed, you know, don't come for us because we are not standing against the culture, we are on your side. I see the church in America, Dennis, to be very honest, we're living at a time when oftentimes in my side of evangelicalism, to be nice is more important than to be right or to exercise courage. So niceness, because we don't want to add stumbling blocks to the gospel, so niceness has oftentimes silenced the church at a time when it should be speaking. We should be speaking to the loss of our freedoms. We should be standing up and recognizing what is happening in this culture. And we can't live in a bubble. That's one of the reasons I wrote the book is because I wanted all of us to understand that we can't live in a bubble. The culture war that we're talking about, we did not ask for it, but it's coming to our doorstep. So pastors need to be willing to deal with these issues in their churches. I mean, just to choose an example, someone here at the Moody Church told me that he was told as a school teacher, it is not enough for you to tolerate same-sex marriage. If you don't celebrate it, you could lose your job. Now, he has a decision to make. Is he going to be faithful to his conscience or not? And the German church, unfortunately, surrendered its conscience, and it surrendered it in the name of progress, in the name of, you know, a great economy. And as a result, to its shame, it did not stand up against the terrible abuses of the Holocaust, of Hitler, etc. And my concern is, are we going to have the courage to stand up to our culture or will the culture eat us for lunch, so to speak? Those are the issues that are really being confronted by the American church today. That was very powerful. That's right. You're, you're one of the few. You're not the only, thank God, but you're one of the few voices saying this. 
I saw this during the lockdowns. It was painful to me to see all the churches, synagogues as well, that closed down in obedience to irrational secular authority. God bless you, Erwin Lutzer, folks. I recommend strongly everything that he has written, and his newest book is No Reason to Hide. And it is up at DennisPrager.com. Erwin Lutzer, what was your first hilarious line about old age? What was that again? Oh, I said uh, regarding oh, so old age, since air, I'm yeah. getting a little older and you are too, the good thing about old age is it doesn't last very long. Okay, well, and I you wish you that it does last me, long. Somebody told me the other day. Oh, we got to take a break. We got to forgive me. Forgive me. All right, before I uh, say goodbye to Erwin Lutzer, this truly important religious voice in America, you had a final point there, Erwin, that uh, I had to take a break. Oh, I see. I was just going along with the humor, mm-hmm. and I was saying somebody told me the other day that if I exercised, I could add 15 years to my life, and I think they're right, because after exercising for a month, I feel 15 years older already. You're my man. You are my man. Folks, this book is No Reason to Hide, Standing for Christ in a in a Collapsing Culture, and it's for everybody, Christian or not. Erwin Lutzer, may you write for many more years and, uh, and be in my life for all those years. Thank you, Dennis. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you. A lot of people say to me, strangers, by the way, God bless you, and I have a standard answer. He has, and I mean that. Goodyear, Arizona. Jason, hello. Hi, Dennis. I I wanted to ask you your opinion on um, the AM radios being taken out of all the cars, um, specifically the electric vehicles. Um, But Ford is taking it out of electric and gas right. powered, and I know the CEO is a little woke. Do you think it's like a, I don't want to say conspiracy, but you know? Well, um, if the CEO of Ford is woke, then he knows that the single by far, by far, there's no close second to the number of uh, people who get. Uh, a non-left viewpoint, it is from AM radio. Correct. Then it, I wouldn't be surprised if it is uh, politically induced on the part of Ford, if that is the case. It's a, an if that I, I'm just noting. Uh, I, If I were to get a new car, and my car lease is up at the end of this year, I would not get a car. I would simply tell the dealer, I'm sorry, the car doesn't have an AM radio. And I, I won't be buying it. And let them know and let them give feedback to the manufacturer. The Japanese cars are continuing to have it. GM cars are. Uh, the electrical cars, uh, I, I, it's a, sounds a little suspicious to me. They interfere. AM signals interfere with something having to do with the electrical car. What we have to do as well, though, is to train people who do listen to AM radio how easy it is to listen through an app. I mean, we uh, we have to wean that audience away from dependence on the technology that is being removed from many cars. That's really important. 
We continue on The Dennis Prager Show. The Dennis Prager Show, live from the Relief Factor Pain-Free Studio. Hi, everybody. Dennis Prager here. Uh, So the question is, in the third hour of my show, do I say I hope you had a good weekend? And I don't have an answer to that, so I won't say it, but I do hope so. I've been covering the speech given this past Saturday by the loathsome human being who is the President of the United States. I never said that about any Democrat or any Republican in office, ever. He is a despicable human being. I've never hated a president. I've never even come close to hated a president. Eight years, Barack Obama, I differed with a great deal of what he said. I think he, he, he did damage to the country, but I never hated him. I still don't hate him. I don't, I don't think about him. Uh, Biden is loathsome. He's a hate monger. He's the most divisive president in American history. I think in American history. I, I don't know. You're, you're a big president, uh, Maven. Is there a president as divisive, uh, like even in the Civil War era or in the Reconstruction era? I can't think, I can't think of one. Was Andrew Johnson, because of his pro-Southern uh, affinities, you know, I, 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 I can't think of one who was as overt in having one American hate another as Joe Biden. I wouldn't include Andrew Johnson on that list. You wouldn't include Johnson. Exactly. So there, there would be no list. I don't think there's a Exactly. I don't think there is a list. I don't think anybody has, uh, has set American to hate an American, fellow American, as Joe Biden does. So he gives a speech to an all-black uh, audience because it's an all-black college, Howard University. And I, I already, already described, I, I spent some time on his line about women because it was the day before Mother's Day, and I, it was an important observations I made, but I won't review them. Women, moms rule, right, and so on. It's a cute line, but uh, saying it to people, many of whom have no fathers, I don't, I don't know if that's the, the great message you want to send, but that's, a, that's another issue. So then he spoke about the lie, the, the left-wing lie that President Trump said that they were fine Nazis. Okay, It's a lie. Biden lies. He's lied about almost everything in his life. Why wouldn't he lie about this? And the next one is, okay, the most dangerous terrorist threat to our homeland is white supremacy. That's right. So I asked before we went to Erwin Lutzer, wonderful Christian theologian, gutsy man, so I, I I asked you a question, or I, I made a statement, actually. I didn't ask a question. I may have asked a question. Do any of you know a white supremacist? How is it that I have never met one? How is it that going through my public email at, uh, a year and a half ago, Julie Hartman, with whom I do this terrific podcast, Dennis and Julie. Only time I've co-hosted anything in my life. She's remarkable, 23 years old. She noted 
very, uh, I think, uh, with great, uh, great perspective and perspicacity. How come she, she said, how come I didn't see one racist email? The right is supposed to be racist. You're a right-wing talk show host. How come, how come there wasn't one? She looked through hundreds and hundreds. Yeah. So we continue with some excerpts from his speech to the all-black Howard University graduating class. I'm not saying this because I'm at a black HBCU. I say it wherever I go. That's true. Stand up for truth over lies, lies told for power and profit. Boy, is that projection. Confront the ongoing assault to subvert our elections, suppress our right to vote. That's all a lie. For him to say that he prefers truth over lies, it would be like Pravda saying would prefer truth over lies, the Soviet communist newspaper. It's really, this, it's astonishing. And then he lies. The very next sentence, he lies. Really? The ongoing assault to subvert our elections? What exa- How are the Republicans subverting our elections? We're trying to subvert your subversion. Asking people for ID is considered... Subverting elections. <laughs> what country, what democracy does not have voter ID? One. Ours is the only one? Even Canada does? Woke Canada? Not I think it does. Canada. Huh? I wouldn't be surprised. If they, I know in Europe they will have Yeah, in Europe they do, yeah. Lies told for power and profit. That's what he's doing in this speech. Next, please. Put democracy on the ballot, to reject political extremism and reject political violence, protect fundamental rights and freedom for women to choose for transgender children to be free. Wow. What did he say here? Reject political extremism and he wants transgender children to be free? To be free to have their breasts cut off at 16? What do you mean to be free? To choose when they're 11, 10, to go on puberty blockers without telling their parents? That's what it means. I want you to understand what it means, transgender children to be free. Are they free to vape? Are they free to get a tattoo? Are they free to drink alcohol? No. But they are free to ruin their lives with puberty blockers and potentially even what they call top or bottom surgery. There will be hell to pay years from now, hell to pay by the society, by these poor kids that these sick doctors, sick children's hospitals, sick Democrats have fought for their right to have their bodies distorted. Wow. He took up the transgender children, not just transgender, children issue in a commencement speech in in which in the same sentences he condemned political extremism. This is Orwell at work. Number six, please. 
to stand with leaders of your generation who give voice to the people demanding action on gun violence only to be expelled from state legislative bodies. Okay, hold on. Stand there. Hold against- on, hold there. So you know what he was referring to, right? What what state was that in? Tennessee. Tennessee. So l- l- let's see how he describes it. Demanding action on gun violence only to be expelled from state legislative bodies. They brought in a bullhorn and wouldn't sit down when it was their cha- when when their turn to speak was ended and started screaming with a bullhorn at the people in the gallery through the bullhorn. What should they have done? They weren't expelled because they wanted to end gun violence. They were expelled because they were disruptive in the extreme of their state legislature. That's why. It's another lie told by the President of the United States. He's a liar. I don't think I've called any politician a liar before. People tell lies doesn't make them a liar. If, if telling a lie makes you a liar, everybody's a liar, and then the term loses its, its meaning. He's a liar. Next is another lie. There are those who no, 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 to, to stand against the end of, of number six. Can you get that? If not, I'll read it. To stand against books being banned and black history being erased. I'm serious. Yes, I'm serious. Whenever he lies, not whenever, because he would do it all the time, but often when he lies, he tells people it's the truth. I'm serious. There's a voice in him that knows he lied. Black history is being erased. I read to you last week what is happening. They're, they're, they're banning the, the teaching of America as a, as a white supremacist society and the like. There was a massacre of blacks that took place in Florida, and it's, it's actually part of the Florida curriculum that stays in under DeSantis. He just lied. Books being banned? Books have been banned in schools since the beginning of schools. They don't, they don't allow uh, certain age-inappropriate works. That's what book banning is about. I, I don't want my five-year-old to read about non-binary sex. I don't. That many of you continue to send your kids to such schools is troubling should certainly trouble you, but people have ruled out homeschooling because they think that it will be so difficult and financially difficult. Everything is difficult before you do it. It's difficult to be a parent when you think about being a parent. It's difficult to take a job before you take the job, and then you work it out. So it's just a series of hate-filled lies, the President of the United States. Wow. I'm Dennis Prager. The, the truly hate-filled, lie-filled speech 
of the President of the United States at the all-black college, Howard University. Okay, I showed you how much dishonesty has already existed. Let's go to number seven. There are those who demonize and pit people against one another. Who might that be? Those who do anything and everything, no matter how desperate or immoral, to hold on to power. That's him. That's the Democratic Party, and it's it's unbelievable. There was a very uh, intelligent column written during the Biden, uh, excuse me, during the Obama era, where the author was in the Wall Street Journal, that's all I recall, spoke about how many straw men Barack Obama would speak about in his speeches. There are those, there are those, there are those, there are those. This is another one of them. I'd like to know exactly who, let's see, who is demonizing and pitting people one against the other. Isn't he doing this this whole speech? White supremacy, the great threat? Demonize? Wow. According to the University of California, it's printed. According to Stanford University, it's printed. If you say that you should be colorblind, you're a racist. Demonized? Who shuts down whom in the United States? The left-right voices or the right-left voices? God, that he could say this with a straight face means he's practiced all his life how to lie with a straight face. Number eight. With your voices and votes, I was able to fill my commitment to put the first black woman on the Supreme Court of the United States of America. And by the way, she's brighter than the rest. She is one bright woman. You feel the promise. By the way, did you notice it's very interesting? They didn't find that funny. What does it mean she's brighter than the rest? What does that mean? It's like mom's rule. It's he, all he is is throwaway lines for as as feeding feeding the the audience. She's brighter than the rest. You know, I I believe with all my heart that the man has contempt for blacks. There is no doubt in my mind. Every white who says all whites are racist, by definition, is a racist because they're a white. I'm not a racist. I would never say she's brighter than the rest. That's contempt. It's like, despite the fact that she's black, she's still that bright. She's brighter than the rest? She's brighter than the black man who's on the on the Supreme Court, too? Does she not cringe? How would you like to be on the Supreme Court and be told, by, told about by the United States president? You're brighter than all your colleagues. Isn't that an embarrassing thing for her? Why does he say that? Why did he say that? Those of you who voted for Biden don't give a damn. So it's, it, 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 nothing I could raise will enable you to enter cognitive dissonance. But for those who are open to hearing fair questions, why did he say that? Oh, by the way, she's brighter than the rest. That can only reflect his own belief that if she's a black woman, 
I got a, it's hard for me to believe, but yeah, she's brighter. Does anybody believe she's brighter than the rest? Can any of you name anybody on the Supreme Court aside from her? Who's second brightest on the Supreme Court? That'd be a fun question to ask him. <laughs> she's the brightest. Who's second brightest? She doesn't know what a woman is, but she's the brightest. Well, she can't define a woman because she's a leftist, not because she's not bright. Well, I tell you, okay, number nine. You feel the promise and peril of climate change. Yes. Because of you, we're making the biggest investment ever in the history of the world in climate change. That's true. Investment means we're spending more money bankrupting the country. And as I read to you the first hour, by the report of the environment, not environmental, the, what is the name of the group? Federal Energy Regulatory Commission. The heads of it testified in the, in the U.S. Senate and said we are entering a catastrophe because we have spent so much money on quote-unquote renewables and we are closing down in the meantime the only real sources of energy like coal and natural gas. And uh, within a few years, our electrical grid will not be able to operate. That's it. That's their testimony. And then this tool of the environmentalist left, the most damaging part of the left in America, that I, well, that's, look, that's a competition. I don't know which is the most damaging. But there's an argument to be made that the environmentalist left is the most damaging. When you can't power your society and China is building cold mines every few weeks, you realize where the future belongs. You become a second-rate power if you can't power your country, which is fine with the left. They don't want us to be a first-rate power. It's an odd thing to live in this country and wish it ill. Very odd. She's brighter than the rest. What a line. Number nine. Oh, no, it's, excuse me. That was climate change, of course. How much time do we have? Okay, I won't start 10. 10 is about debt relief. That's right. Because those who paid their children's tuition, those who took a second or third job to pay for their child or to pay off the student debt, screw them. For those of you who didn't pay, I'm going to do it for you. Of course, not my money. I take money from the government. I enriched my family. Also not reported in the New York Times. Back in a moment. Dennis Prager here. Thanks for listening to the Daily Dennis Prager Podcast. To hear the entire three hours of my radio show, commercial-free, every single day, become a member of PragerTopia. You'll also get access to 15 years' worth of archives, as well as the Daily Show Prep. Subscribe at PragerTopia.com. 
Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.